Welcome to Stirring Words, where health and fitness experts Kim Taylor and Judy Ulrey explore God's wisdom on wellness. Listen in now on their weekly phone conversation. Good morning. Is this my friend, Miss Kimberly? Yes, Judy. How are you doing today? Oh, my goodness. It is so great to talk to you again. You know, at the risk of sounding like a goofball, I I really look forward to these calls, and especially the last uh, couple that we have done, that is your uh, sharing your your heart and your soul and your life and your victories. And I just look forward every week to sort of continue the conversation and um, see what happens next. So I, I just have to thank you again for your willingness to be vulnerable with me and our audience and share your story. It's just so helpful. Well, thank so I'm you, great. Judy. And yeah, yeah, and I appreciate that. I appreciate that because I know that this is a common issue among people and, and even Christians that I've talked to about this issue and Christian women in particular have issues with emotional eating. Some of us do. So I thought that sharing this, my story will help others to be more open and sharing their stories and recognize that they're not alone. Right. Absolutely. And you have such a story to give God glory and um, we want to share it. So if you don't mind, let me start by inviting our father and guide to join us. And then um, I would like to do just a, a little bit of an overview um, of what you were sharing last week for anybody who possibly missed last week's session. And then we'll continue to see what other gems you have to share with us today. Okay. Sounds wonderful. Okay. Father, Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. On earth, in our hearts and lives, in the hearts and lives of our listeners, as it is in heaven. Father, we cannot change without you. We cannot be courageous. We cannot be um, we cannot be bold. We cannot be o- obedient and disciplined without you. But with you, all things are possible. And we are so grateful that you, when we surrender, you promise to give us strength, to give us patience, to give us diligence, to give us resolve. And I thank you so much for my friend, Kim, who's willing to share her life and the victorious um, experience she has had over food, not because she had strong willpower, but because she surrendered to you and through the power of the Holy Spirit. She was transformed. And we pray that for our listeners today, that today... May the words of our mouth, the meditations of our heart be acceptable unto you, bring you glory, and encourage those who are listening. For we pray it in the name of our Son, Jesus the Christ. 
Amen. Amen. Okay. So for anybody who missed our session last week, I encourage you to uh, look back and listen. Um, Kim's story has just been so uplifting and so encouraging. She was sharing last night about how she felt like she heard from God a question, who is your God? Um, her, her overeating and her turning to sugar for food, she felt like he said, it's not supposed to be this way. And he continued to say, who is your God? Who are you looking to for your comfort, for your security? And she had to just confess. She had to bow before her Lord and say, I have been coming to food for security. And what we know, Kim, is that that is not unusual and that many, 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 many use sugar to soothe. And so you had encouraged us last week to just think about how do we see God? How do we view God? Do we view him as someone who is a dictator or someone who will help us with our weaknesses? And are we more apt to run to him when we are feeling weak, when we are feeling overwhelmed, when we are feeling lonely, when we are feeling anxious, or do we run to food or something else? So I hope those of you who listened last week gave that some thought this week. And if, in fact, like Kim, you had to say, gosh, I go to food often. I just hope that you and God had some powwow time and really discuss that and, and, and you're in transition toward him. And I love that challenge that you gave us, Kim. So what I'd like to invite you to do is please, please, please continue your story. Um, again, then what happened, we, I have said more than one time, I'm sure just because you had a revelation didn't mean you were instantly healed and you never crave food, crave sugar again the rest of your life. Amen. So, um, continue your journey if you would. We're always in, we're always, um, very interested in scriptures that you used along the way to strengthen you. So please continue to share. Well, Judy, just like I've been sharing really for the last couple of weeks, one scripture that did help me was going back to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. And that scripture was, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. And the phrase out of that whole scripture that really spoke to me was for he that comes to God. And so that was the issue with my emotional eating was that I wasn't coming to God with my emotional upsets. Instead, when I was emotionally upset, what I would do is turn to food as a source of comfort and strength, but I wasn't coming to God. And one of the things that I recognized was that I wasn't coming to God because I had a false view of who God is, which is one of the reasons why I asked our listeners to examine 
how they see God. If they saw God like I saw God, which is that he was an old man up in heaven with a Bible in one hand and a lightning bolt in the other, just waiting to strike me down with that lightning bolt or possibly hit me over the head with the Bible because I wasn't doing what I needed to do. In other words, the way that I saw God was that he was waiting to condemn me. And the reason I believe is that I saw God as condemning me was that I was condemning myself all the time. And one of the things that I had to learn on my journey is that condemnation could not be my motivator for change because by telling myself you're bad and you're not going to get any better or nothing's ever going to change, you can't change because you've been this way for over 30 years, so what makes you think anything is going to be different? All of those negative thoughts that were running through my head, that was just keeping me in bondage and making me feel condemned and discouraged. It was taking my courage away so that it would prevent me from even trying again. So once I saw that pattern of condemnation that I had running through my brain, then I said to myself, no, love is going to be my motivator for change this time. Because by then, I had gotten a revelation about how much God loved me. And once I discovered how much God loved me, then I wanted to know more about his word and I trusted him enough to walk with him. So with our listeners, then that has to be the next step to examine first to be sure you have an accurate view of who God is and that according to his word that he loves us. And then the second thing is to recognize that we have a purpose, that our lives are not centered around food, and that our lives are not centered around our body size because that can be another thing that can keep people in bondage where they get so focused on on what they're eating and what the scale number says or what the tape measure says that their lives become consumed around that. And see, the ironic thing about that is that that just puts you into even deeper bondage to become obsessed with that. And see, the enemy, he does not care. He wants us to be in a position in which we elevate anything in our lives above God because he wants Mm -hmm. us to get into idolatry, whether it's idolizing food, whether it's idolizing a number on the scale or a, a particular clothing size. He does not really care about what it is that we put above God His desire is that we be separated from God. And see, we can't be ignorant about his devices. We have to be wise about that. So when we condemn ourselves, we recognize that that's playing right into the enemy's hands when we condemn ourselves because, and I believe as an author, a Christian author who once said that darkness is where the enemy traffics. And that's what that puts you in. When you're in that bondage, it puts you in a place of darkness. But Jesus himself is light. There's no darkness in our God. So we have to recognize that love must be our motivator for change and keep our minds centered 
on the purpose that Jesus created, that we were created for. Jesus died for us. And so we have to recognize that he loved us so much that he gave his life for us. So if he thought that our lives were worth saving, then we have to believe that our lives are worth saving in order to change. So, Kim, let me ask you two questions. Tell me why you think so many of us see God as a sergeant ready to condemn us and beat us up when we wander. Where does that come from? And tell me why you think we are so harsh with ourselves. And I'd love for you to speak to those two questions, not only from your own personal journey, but um, given all the stories that you have heard through your ministry at Take Back Your Temple. Well, you know, that's an interesting question because a lot of people, I believe, and it may not be true of everyone, but a lot of people base their relationship with God and, and their view of who God is based on their relationship with their earthly fathers. So if their earthly father wasn't there for them, if their earthly father was someone who was negative and critical, they might think to themselves, well, subconsciously, then God must be the same way. Or they may have heard teaching, even in the church, that caused them to conclude that God himself is angry with them, that he's not pleased with them, so they need to clean themselves up before they even come to God. So I think it's a combination of those things. A past, Even if it's not a father who may have been condemning, they may have had an authority figure from when they were a child who was also negative and condemning and critical of them, so they just transferred those feelings for that person or their, their impression of that person to their thoughts about, about who God is. So I think, again, it's a combination of those things, and the only antidote to that is to start reading the Bible, in particular the Gospels, because Jesus, he told the disciple Philip, he said, Philip, when you see me, you've seen the Father. So when we see Jesus in action and his words and, and how he was full of grace and truth, then we get start to get an accurate picture of God the Father. So to answer your question about that, um, while we would have a negative viewpoint of God, I really believe it's from the, those that past programming. Either our um, parents or authority figures may have been harsh, and, and we transfer that feeling to who God is or think that must be what God is like, or past teaching perhaps where people might take scriptures out of context from the Old Testament and say, well, God's going to strike you down and all of that. But I believe the antidote is to just look at the New Testament and look at the person of Jesus Christ to get a more accurate view of God. Because, Judy, really, I always think of the Bible as this. 
in the Old Testament, you see how mankind was and you see his sin and, and all the stuff that the Israelites did and, and, and all the things that they, they constantly got into bondage and practiced idolatry and just all sorts of mess in the Old Testament. But to me, the, the real message of the Old Testament to me is this. It's why we needed a Savior. Why mankind mm. needed a savior? Because when you look at the Old Testament laws, people would follow them for a while, but then they would go back according to their sin nature and get back into idolatry again. And you see, it's like a negative cycle over and over and over again, where they wandered away from God, their enemies took them over, they got into bondage, they cried out for a deliverer, God sent a deliverer, they got free, and then once they got free, they would do well for a while, and then they wandered back into idolatry. It's like a cycle over and over and over again, and it really is tiresome. But to me, that's the message of the Old Testament is why we needed a Savior. And then in the New Testament, we see that the Savior has come, and now that he's come, this is how we are to live in the power of the Holy Spirit and according to the Savior's word. And that's how we experience freedom from all of that old bondage and junk that you saw back in the Old Testament that the Israelites went through over and over again. So we have to have that accurate view of God so that we can have that abundant life that Jesus himself promised. Now, your second question was, why do we? Why are we so quick to condemn ourselves? And I believe that's how put it. And um, yeah. the reason I think, yeah, and the reason I think that is, is because we look at ourselves and we compare ourselves to how society says that we're supposed to be. Like, I think um, there's an actress out there, and I think she's like a size double zero. And some women are out there thinking, well, I'm not a, I'm not even a zero, and she's a double zero, and and somehow thinking that your size needs to be a zero or double zero. I mean, honestly, <laughs> we look at ourselves sometimes. I mean, and we, honestly, <laughs> I'm just saying, you know. I love that. <laughs> well, <laughs> and if that's if that's her natural size, I suppose that's that's okay for her, but. I don't know any women that's a zero or even a double zero. I mean, that's like kid size. And here's a grown woman with hips and and breasts and 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 has a body like God designed women to have. And they're saying, no, I need to be straight up and down. It's like, uh, no, God created you the way you are. He created her the way she is. But. You know, you want to be the best that God created you to be, not comparing yourself to somebody else and saying, I need to be like her. Um, and, and you don't want to do that because the way I see it, Judy, if God wanted you like her, he would have created you that way from the very beginning. But obviously he didn't. He created you to be like you. So he's not at the end of time going to bring you before his throne and ask you how come you weren't like her. No, he's going to ask you how come you weren't like you, like the way I designed you. So I think we have a lot of comparisons that we make uh, according to the people around us and even according to media images about who we're supposed to be and what we're supposed to look like. And when we see ourselves fall short on that, then the condemnation comes out. And you know what? It's um, I think about even the devil's name. 
And um, the root word of the word devil is the word diabolos, and it means accuser. And really, when you think about it, he's like, and, and I always think about this story. I always think about the Peanuts cartoon. And you remember how Charlie Brown always wanted to kick the football and Lucy would taunt him with the football and say, yeah, I'm going to hold it. And um, he would say, no, no, I know last time I tried to kick the ball and you were holding it, you pulled the ball away at the last minute and I ended up falling on the ground. And she's like, no, and she gives him some excuse or reason why she's going to hold it this time. And he's like, okay, I'm going to go for it. And he runs, and then she pulls the ball out from him again, and, and he's tumbling head over heels and falls on the ground all hurt. And then she says something smart-alecky as to why he shouldn't have trusted her. And the enemy's like that. And that's where condemnation comes from, except he does something very sneaky. What he does is he condemns us, but he does it in our own voice. So he'll say something like, I'm bad, I'm bad. But it's not, it, he's saying it like we're saying that to ourselves. But really he's planting the seed and then we take that and run with it. But we have to recognize that the Bible gives us great wisdom in Second Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5. And it says, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. So if God's word says that we are fearfully and wonderfully made, then who are we to turn around and say that's not true, to turn around and start condemning ourselves and, and calling ourselves name like I uh, know someone at, at one point, um, an old friend of mine, she's called herself fat butt. And I would say, don't say that to yourself. Don't, why are you calling yourself fat butt? And at that particular point, she had lost weight. But I said, if you want to keep on calling yourself fat butt, that's going to become your identity. And eventually it did. She ended up gaining all her weight back. Because in her mindset, she kept calling her fat butt, even though she had lost the weight. And I'm thinking to myself, how awful is it to say things to yourself that you would not even dare to say anybody else. Would you even consider calling somebody else that you love fat butt? No, but you say it to yourself without even thinking about it. So, you know, that old so condemnation. Let me ask you this, Kim. Yeah. I'm sorry. I interrupted. Let me ask no, you this. No, no. Back to hey, your story. Yeah. When you, uh, again, y you were going to sugar for food. And when you got that message from God that said, it's not supposed to be this way, you need to look to me instead of to food. When you were thereafter tempted, tell our audience exactly what you did to take every thought captive. How, what, how did you put that command into action? That's an excellent question, Judy, because, and it goes back again to love being my motivator for change. And let's say, for example, I had a, a um, thought of, let's say I had a thought of, um, actually, I just thought about something. And, and this is a story I'll tell you that will illustrate this point. It's a story about how I had made that decision to change, but I had forgotten 
that I had ordered Girl Scout cookies at work. So I decided to bring those cookies home, and um, and I said, okay, well, I'm going to have those cookies in the freezer. I'll put them in the freezer, and then they won't be as a, a temptation, but I'll let myself have two. And then I did that. I ate two cookies, and I put the rest in the freezer. Well, it was like the ki- cookies start talking to me. Kim, come eat me, come eat me. And so I went back to get those cookies out of the freezer, and I said, well, I'll just get two more. And see, at that point, I was kind of rationalizing eating the cookies, you know, and I ate two more cookies, and then I put them back, and then I heard the voice again, come eat me, come eat me. And I I went back, and and finally, I just got mad. And I said to myself, no. I said, I love myself, and I'm worth more than this. I'm not going back there. And so I took the box. And I threw it on the ground, and I started jumping up and down on the box. <laughs> and then, I, I mean, really, I was over 200 pounds at that particular juncture, so you can see this 200-pound woman jumping up and down on this Girl Scout sticky box. <laughs> so I took that box, and then I dumped the crackers, and the cookie crumbs, rather, and I flushed them down the toilet, and I felt freedom at that particular juncture. But... One of the things that the enemy used to love to whisper to me was one little bite won't hurt. Mm. And see, what I used to have to tell myself to take that thought captive is that all things are lawful for me, but all things are not helpful. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought under the power of any. So when that thought used to come up with one little bite won't hurt, I used to tell myself, yes, I said, that's a lie. One little bite will hurt if it's going to lead me into food binging and keep me in bondage for the next 20 or 30 years and and pack an extra 30 or 40 or 50 pounds on me. Yes, it will. So then I had to make a decision about the type of life that I wanted to live. Did I want to live a life in obedience to God and freedom, or did I want to go back in bondage? And I did not. So it's all related, Judy, about the um, your identity in Christ and who you believe you are and letting love be your motivator and recognizing those thoughts that come from the enemy and trying to get you back into bondage. All of that comes into play on your freedom journey. So it's a wonderful journey, but it does require being willing to look and listen for those enemy thoughts of condemnation and then being able to refute them to replace the lies with the truth. And that's a big part of being free. Let me ask you if you would, because unfortunately we're running out of time, but I know everyone who has listened to this segment of your story is inspired, is motivated, is moved but it's always helpful to have some homework. Yes. Given the folks who struggle with this, who have a, um, an inaccurate image of God, who are unkind to themselves in their own thoughts, those who sort of are still eating the cookies, if you would, share with us what kind of a call to action you would give them for this week, just this week, 
what would you have them do this week? Well, as the scripture that I mentioned earlier was talking about taking thoughts captive to the obedience of Christ, and I believe the very first thing that, that our listeners need to do, in addition to their view of who God is, is their view of themselves in light of their identity in God. So I have a resource for our listeners, and it's an article that I have on my website, TakeBackYourTemple.com, and it's a web, it's an article called Who I Am in Christ. And the reason I have that article is I had asked the members of um, my Take Back Your Temple program what scriptures do they turn to that help them to do a recalibration in their mental thinking about uh, who they are in God. And I asked them to send them to me, and I did an article, a compilation of the scriptures that they sent me as to what helps them nice. to be rooted and grounded in that. So I'm going to include a link to that article because I want our listeners to li- look at that article. And then for the next week, I want them to examine their own thinking for thoughts of condemnation, thoughts that contradict what that article says about who you are in Christ. For example, I'm bad and I'm never going to get any better. If you have an article like that, I mean, a a thought like that, then one of the things that can refute that, and you could take it captive, is that God says in Romans 12, 2, to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So if you replace that with the truth, because God would not have said to be transformed if change were impossible for you. And there's nothing in the Bible that says except for whatever your name is. It applies to everyone who's in Christ. So your goal is to replace the lie with the truth according to that article. So once again, review the article that I'm going to include the link to, examine your thinking, and if you have thoughts about yourself that don't line up with what the Word of God says and the truth, then replace that lie with the truth. Because let me tell you something, the enemy is going to keep trying to get you to resurrect those old tapes and keep going along with that. But your goal is to outlast the enemy. And that's the word right there because you're destined to win. God says, and and at the end, we have the victory. So we have to remember that. But our job is to keep on replacing those lies with the truth and then act according to the truth. You know, we are so grateful for you, Kim, in sharing your story, sharing your wisdom, and sharing your encouragement. It, It matters. So thank you. And I know you um, just have such a heart for people who are still in this struggle. So if you would close us in, in prayer for them, I, we would all appreciate it. Thank you, Judy. And it's my honor to do so. Because, Lord, what an honor it is that you have an open-door policy And you said that we can come boldly to your throne of grace where we can find mercy and grace to help us in time of need. And, Lord, we just thank you so much for your holy word that you have given to us so that we have the ability to discern the truth from lies. And, Father, I pray that each and every listener who's on this um, podcast, who's listening right now, that you give them a revelation of who you are 
and who they are in you and let them know that nothing can separate them from your love. Not sword, not pestilence, not any such thing can separate us from the love of God who is in Jesus Christ our Lord. So, Father, I pray also that you show them how to let love be their motivator for change, that they recognize that they have value in your sight no matter what size they are because Jesus did not come to say, okay, I'm only going to come to somebody who's a size double zero, but I'm not going to come for this lady over here who's a size 28. No, he came for us all because we thank you, Lord, that you do not condemn us but you are a God of restoration. You did not come for condemnation, but restoration. So let us look to you for restoration and trust in you that you'll give us the wisdom and know what to do and give us the strength to do it. So, Father, I also pray that as our listeners are doing the homework of who I am in Christ, that it will strengthen and encourage them with might in their inner man and that they will be determined that they will no longer fall for the lies of the enemy, but they will replace the lie with the truth. Because, Lord, your word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. And in you there is no darkness. So, Father, let us continue to walk according to the light in confidence that we are drawing closer to you every day, step by step. So we thank you so much for the opportunity to intercede for our listeners, and we will be careful to give you praise, glory, and honor in everything. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, sister. Amen. That's all i got to say to that is amen. Thank you, and thank you thank again you so for much. sharing your heart and your story. So I, um, I, I don't think we're done. I, I'm still anxious to hear more details on your journey in terms of what foods you began to eat, et cetera, et cetera. So if you don't mind, we're going to continue to anxiously listen to how God, in his strength and his power, transformed you from one who really relied on sugar to relied on the spirit, from sugar to the spirit. Love that. Yeah, I do, too. I do, too. I never thought of it that way, but it's so true. And I will tell you, it is sweet. Jesus is sweeter than And it is sweet. Yes. (laughs) I love that. I love that. Yes, it is. Okay, well, until next week, you have a great one, and um, I love you big. Love you too, girl. Have a good one. Bye-bye. You too. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Stirring Words. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform so you don't miss a session. And please tell your friends about us. If you'd like to dig deeper into this week's message, you can reach Kim at TakeBackYourTemple.com and Judy at HolyHealthClub.com. Until next week, may you be stirred by God's transformative word.